Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We are not good. What? We are not good, chef. No? What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Why the f***? Do I watch this team? One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie or Hog, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Uh, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey, Matt, how, how you doing? Um, Coach Ditka versus the Hurricane, who would win? Ditka, Ditka. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The name of the Hurricane is Hurricane Ditka. Here they are, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in Hogan Johns uh, with another live edition on a Tuesday morning with you. For those watching on YouTube, appreciate you being here. Bears with a preseason game in the books. Joint practices coming up against the Colts. It's an exciting week. It's a busy week. It's a busy week. Um, Maybe I'll even make do or make good on my Portillo's bet sometime this week since we'll be. Eh, I know. Yeah. Right, I'll just I'll just hold off on it if you don't want the Portillo's. I mean, I want it, but I just don't believe you. You said you wanted a big week. Yeah. Figured I'd pay off. I don't even remember what the bet was. <laughs> <sighs> That's a great point. I don't know that I remember it. Something to do with the draft, right? Oh, it was that I got the Darnell Wright pick, right? You did. That's what it was. You did. It was kind of a big pick. Did you see TJ Edwards kind of throw off Peter Skronsky in the goal line? I did. Yeah. Hello. I mean, that's just classic Wisconsin Northwestern. Uh, <laughs> Battle there. Yeah. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Or the five-year veteran taking out a rookie? Yeah. Well, you know, TJ Edwards actually told a similar story last week when he was talking about um, going up in a preseason game, I think, against the Patriots. And Matt Judon, I think, was the guy he mentioned. He's going down on punt coverage, and Judon just, like, smacked him. Oh, it's a different level of football here, even in a preseason game. <laughs> yeah. Jack Sanborn's stop at the goal line was, I was worried he hurt his shoulder or something. That was a, quite a collision. Yeah, what kind of head-on collision there. Yeah. Another Wisconsin guy doing well, you proud. Well, another local guy making you proud. Do you see that video that the Bears put out? With? Three local guys we're talking about. Yes, I started, yeah. I'm like halfway through it. Yeah. You could tell it was filmed a little while ago because Robert Tanyan had his hair. Yeah. But it's still entertaining. You got uh, Joniak wearing his high school gear too. Right. Yeah. So there's Another, a there's a Bears YouTube video with Cole Komet. I'm gonna go around. Cole Komet, TJ Edwards, Robert Tanyan, Jack Sanborn, and Doug Kramer. They're all yeah. local products on the Bears roster. And the biggest superstar that from that whole group is Jeff Joniak. I got I got Joniak's auto, autograph last week. On what your mic stand? Well, we we don't see him anymore. He's big time now. You know, now that he's with ESPN 1000, and you know, he was. I saw him signing in autographs in the crowd, so I just stuck my notebook out from practice, and uh, you know, got the biggest 
biggest autograph I could possibly get. See, I, I do wonder because Jeff Joniak used to, he is an office in the in the media room, but they built ESPN one thousand built his new studio in another part of House Hall, not too far. But Jeff Joniak's running back and forth. I almost just wonder if he just moves down there, which means Larry Mayer may move down into our room. Oh, that could be a problem. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we want that. No. Yeah, that'd be that'd be tough. Um. Anyway, welcome in. We're here. Adam Hogue, Adam Johns with you. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Uh, we are live. We do have a ton of coverage this week. Johnsy on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogue and Johns. And you can find me on CHGO every day. Another practice recap show yesterday. Uh, we also will have live shows after the practices on CHGO this week in Indianapolis. My newsletter coming out daily uh, for CHGO diehards. Check it out. Uh, and, of course, to all our podcast listeners listening the old-fashioned way, we appreciate you. We love you. Please rate and review the pod. Please send it to a friend, as we like to say. Let's keep this thing growing, both on the podcast side and the YouTube side. We're ready for another big season. I always get juiced up about these joint practices, Johns. Um, we've... Let's see. We didn't get one last year. The year before was the Dolphins coming to House Hall, which was interesting. Definitely because it was at House Hall, which we're not used to seeing, but it was still fun. I remember one of my most vivid memories of that one is Justin Fields having one of his best practice periods we've ever seen him have, quite frankly, um, against the Dolphins in a red zone period. In the red zone would have meant absolutely nothing. <laughs> right, because he was the third string quarterback. <laughs> absolutely nothing. It was outstanding. Yeah. And it like it was it was the the one time where you're just like, hello, what are you looking at? This is your best quarterback right here. <laughs> yeah, you might want to give him uh, more reps with the ones. Nope, didn't happen. No. So, um, and then, let's see, going back, we've had some good times. We had, we've uh, been to Indianapolis before, but this yeah. is a different location. When we went to Indianapolis, I think it was under John Fox. Was it John Fox era? Yeah, I think it was the first year, John Fox, I want to say. We were kind of restricted to the slab of concrete that wasn't close to the practice field at all. No. Remember that? Yes, I do. It was very hard to see Andrew Luck carve up the Bears in practice. We've been to Denver. We've been to New England. I like these joint practices. I think it reveals a lot about your team. Denver was my favorite. Just also because of the location, but they they had an awesome facility and we could pretty much go wherever we wanted. They have a cool hill that fans can sit on during practice. I like that one. Um, so I'm excited. Uh, yeah, this this location is this the help me out. Is this the Colts facility we're going to or is this just where they have training? camp? I, I'm not sure. I know it's a massive sports facility. They have like yeah. baseball tournaments and more here. Soccer tournaments. I want to say the Pacers might be located up here as well. Huh. Guess we'll get a full taste of everything, but uh, it's kind of brand new-ish, and it's massive, like forty minutes north of Indianapolis. Okay, well, that means a shorter drive for us, I think. But it's kind of off the highway, yeah. So we'll see. Okay, well, any Bears fans heading down there because they are open to the public. I know a lot of Bears fans. First of all, there's just a lot of Bears fans that are down in the Indianapolis area to begin with. That was one of the more underrated things about the Super Bowl when the Bears played the Colts. It's like there was this like dividing line going down Indiana between two teams that are not too far away from each other. Um, so it's going to be a fun week. We wanted to talk about the 
Well, how about this? Before we get into the practices, let's 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 wrap a bow around the game Saturday. Any any takeaways that you that haven't been covered? We didn't really get a chance to talk on this show uh, about the game. You were there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, one of my biggest takeaways, Johns, was just for a preseason game. It was pretty entertaining. Like it was, it was a decent game. It was not a game that you were just completely bored by in the second quarter. Oh, of course, you had two very long touchdowns scored by the Bears' offense. So my reaction, if you were sitting with me in the press box, is when Justin Fields completed that pass to DJ Moore. First, I'm like, oh, off target a little bit. But then I start laughing because I just see this the seam just open up and. DJ Moore just raced through it. That that burst we've seen at times in camp, like on, on slant routes where he takes a slant route 30, 40 yards because he's just the most dynamic offensive player the Bears have. You saw that. So I was laughing a bit that just this being his first game as a Bear, his first catch as a Bear, with all the buildup for him being a Bear, this is what you get. So it kind of humored me a bit, but a perfect, like... <laughs> I like you can't write a better start for for that pairing, even if it was against a bunch of backups from the Titans. Yeah, um, it was against backups, we should say. But I, it's look, there's still something to be said for they going should out. do that then, right? It, exactly, exactly. Um, there's a comment here from Daniel as we are live on YouTube today, asking why is no one giving credit to Fields for that game, evading the sack, getting the ball to Herbert with three Titans in his face. Um, yeah, I don't know why. Look, it, it, any Justin Fields discussion, there's always going to be people for whatever reason that are like, uh, he didn't do anything. The, the, look, the reality is just statistically, um, by a measure that I always like to look at, called air yards, Justin Fields had negative seven air yards in that game. Um, I actually had to text uh, Field Yates from ESPN in the middle of that game because I was I didn't know if you actually got negative air yards if you throw it behind the yard line of scrimmage. You know what I'm saying? Air yards measures how how long the ball is in the air from the line of scrimmage on. So, you know, if you like PJ Walker's 70 yard touchdown to DJ Moore last year, like that's an incredible air yards play. Whereas you throw a little dump off screen, if the ball's behind the line of scrimmage you actually get negative air yards. So I wasn't sure. So I calculated it myself. There's only three throws to go off of John's and it was negative seven. So yes, if you want to be uh, critical of Justin Fields and be like, well, he never oh, actually threw the, like it, whatever I, I it, he executed what they were asking him to do. He didn't get hit. And he did into the, to Daniel's point uh, in the comment, like, by the way, that whole screen was jacked up to begin with. If you go back and watch the tape, there's like, six different things that went wrong on that play. And then all of a sudden Herbert gets the ball and he's got no one in front of him is pretty. Well, what you oh. had is a, a screen called against the blitz, which is a good thing. Yes. A very good thing. And you need your quarterback to elude pressure in certain situations like that. And wh- whatever it's the preseason. There's another long touchdown. If anything, you hope it's a glimpse of things to come because Justin Fields can't do everything. He can't do everything. You know, like, look at the screen game of the Kansas City Chiefs. Every year, it's one of the best in the league. Remember how much emphasis, like, Nagy had to, how much he tried to coach it up one year and it just never amounted to anything? Yeah. It's always been such a valuable part of what Andy Reid does in Kansas City. It helps Patrick Mahomes. Every year, the Chiefs lead the league in yak. You get a lot of yak, yards after catch from the Bears. 
And I think that's a positive. Last year, they last they ranked dead last in yak yards. Yeah. So if anything, I see what the Bears did offensively as a significant positive just in terms of getting the ball to the playmakers and letting them do their thing. Well, that was always one of the the things we talked about during the Nagy era, which was like he's trying to run this offense that requires you to get the hand the ball in the hands of playmakers, but they didn't really have the playmakers. They had a much lighter version of everyone the Chiefs had on their roster in Chicago, like at each position, like the guy was half of what the player was in Kansas city and including a quarterback. So it, it was just never going to work. And so that's what I think was so encouraging. And there's no reason to be critical of Justin Fields by any means. Uh, he operated the offense. He did exactly what we're supposed to do. As Daniel pointed out in that comment, he eluded the pressure from the blitzer that came screaming down the middle. The timing was a little bit off, not necessarily because of fields. Uh, Jeff Schwartz, actually, I saw on Twitter, pointed out that apparently Tevin Jenkins went the wrong way. Do we know uh, that for sure, though? I don't know. It, did, it didn't. It looked. Look, he knows way more about O-line play than me, so I'll just have to trust him on that. Um, I just think the timing was messed up because of the blitz and the ball just didn't. You, you do want the ball out a little bit faster so that the linemen aren't down downfield, but whatever. It, it was a touchdown. <laughs> I think this is just the the lesson of what we operate in now is even a preseason game gets over-scrutinized. The good, the good and the bad. You know, right. like over-analyze the, the good and the bad where analysts are, like I think even, I love Brian Baldinger's reports, but like which one did he almost, he, he, he gets them wrong too. You know, like they don't know everything, every single responsibility. They they may have a better idea, but they get things wrong, and and you gotta like almost get it from the players themselves sometimes because the coaches won't give it to you. But it's a preseason game, everybody. Bears scored two big touchdowns. I would just appreciate it. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you know what? On. Perhaps uh, it, the reality is Justin Fields threw the ball three times, so there's not going to be a giant takeaway from there. But I just appreciate they came out whatever limited stat snaps they had, and it turned out, turned out to be seven. They mostly executed. There was one poor running play, but there was also a couple good ones. Um, I thought Darnell Wright played well. I thought the, I thought both lines actually throughout most of the game played well, and that's encouraging. I mean, preseason or not, to get eight sacks is something. And uh, I saw another stat somewhere on Twitter that the Bears had, like, they allowed the least amount of pressure one of the top teams in their first preseason game across the board, not just the starters uh, from the offensive line. So I, I just think that that was look, we always, we, we've forgotten way more preseason games than we remember. And that's how it's supposed to be. And maybe we'll forget this one too, but we've certainly come out of preseason games with um, a lot more problems to talk about than this one. You know, you know what's a good thing is we're not talking about like some second half success story. Like, throw a name out there like a Michael Ford remember Michael Ford kind of <laughs> go back in the time machine yeah I remember a bunch of stories on Michael Ford an undrafted running back after a big second half at least we're talking about the Bears best players instead of someone who may not make the team because he looks good in the second half the mm -hmm. Bears best players did what they're supposed to do against a bunch of backups and produced and then there was that time, Mitch. Hey, you know what? We're saying a bunch of backups, but some of those guys are going to be, excuse me, get some morning coffee burps, but like some of those guys are going to be regulars. 
contributors for the Titans defense this year. So it's not like they're playing a bunch of guys who are going to be cut tomorrow. Oh, yeah, especially on that D-line. Like, uh, I think Weaver, is, they, they, there are some players that are going to be legitimate players. Um, but it was it was mostly backups. Um, I don't know how good I'd feel about the backup quarterback situation behind Ryan Tannehill if I was the Titans. But I'd give Will Levis some time. Okay. First game. That was honestly the only concerning thing was like, if you watch the Titans last year when Malik Willis played, they didn't trust him to throw the ball at all. And so for them to go down and score on the Bears defense, even uh, with three starters out, I'm sure there's definitely some things that, that Matt, Matt Eberflus well, cleaned up. That big completion was on Tyreek Stevenson. Lost his man in coverage. Just just stopped covering for him for a bit when he was supposed to carry it across the field. I'm not sure if he makes the play, but at least it'd be more difficult of a play. Maybe the ball's not even attempted as a throw, but... Yeah. But he, I thought he bounced back. I it, That's one thing we've talked about and we keep seeing with Tyreek Stevenson is... He's been tested a lot here in the preseason, uh, training camp, and now preseason. And every time something bad happens, he comes back and does something good. So I still like him, and I still think he's in position. Um, Let me ask you this question before we move on to the Colts practices, Uh, and maybe it's a good transition because he needs to have a better week. At what point do you get worried about the Bears' backup quarterback situation? Yeah, um... P.J. Walker, like, he started off really good in camp. Did he not? Like, when the pads were on, I feel like you and I were, like, talking about the sideline. Oh, he looks good. Good deep balls to Tyler Scott in various drills. And then, I don't know what's happened. Like, what you saw against the Titans was a continuation of what we've seen in, in, in camp, which which hasn't been productive football. Maybe it's defense getting better. Maybe that's it, but... I think you're ta- if you're talking like again, if you're talking about any backup situation for a quarterback, it's a problem. But you know, what I do think who's gotten better throughout training camp is Tyson Badgett. A quick release. Yeah. <laughs> Potsy asked me yesterday who's been the who's been the second best quarterback in camp, and I was like, I think it's Tyson Bajent. Bajent is a Bajent. It is Bajent, at least according to the Bears notes. Badgent's like the Chicago way to say it. Yeah, Badgent. Badgent. I swear that's how they were pronouncing it, though, at the Senior Bowl. But I feel like I've heard it pronounced that yeah. way a few times. And the maybe, notes, maybe though, in a full ESPN documentary. <laughs> maybe. The, the notes do say B A Y, though, in the pronunciation. Okay, Badgent. So, I, look, I, I'm not. I've been trying to be very patient with PJ Walker because I like the signing. I actually just looked at my notes from the first couple days of practice. You're right. There's some good throws in there that he made to Tyler Scott um, on, a, on a deep ball, at least one example. But then it's just like everything's been sailing high a lot. And it was still going on yesterday in practice, too. So still trying to be optimistic about the signing, but it's been uh, definitely an up and down. Hopefully it won't matter, right? Hopefully Justin Fields plays 17 games and and everything's fine. But, but I think you're at the point, if you're the Bears – you have to keep Bajan around. I'm not saying 53-man roster around, but practice squad. Yeah. Absolutely. 
He's earned it. You don't need it, that, that extra veteran voice for Fields in his third season at this point. You don't need Trevor Simeon and Nathan Peterman here. I think if you're going to take a run at developing a guy who could be a long-term backup or maybe even a little bit better, how about the record setter from Division II Shepard? Yeah. Because he's earned it. I, I think he has. I And it's... This is going a little bit off tangent than I, I wasn't sure we'd get here today, but that's fine. Um, remember the new rule where your third quarterback can be inactive? Oh, I forgot come about in. that. However, the catch with that is he has to be on your active roster. You can't take him off the practice squad. So, so he's got to be in the 53. Yeah. I don't think the Bears. The Bears have too many other intriguing competitions and other needs and injury things to make up for around but, the roster. But maybe Peterman, Nathan Peterman, ends up being a surprise cut. He was on the practice squad last year too, a little bit. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So, so right now, if you if if I told you they only keep three quarterbacks, who do you think they keep? Three quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Oh, Fields, Walker, and Bajan. Okay. So you don't think that they'll just want to keep Peterman around? Just no, like you've that, done that, that already. Yeah. You, you've you've, okay. you've done the veteran voice for Fields already. Plus, Walker is that too. I mean, Walker's been around now for a while. Fields has been around now for a little bit. Yeah, I know veterans bring value in different ways. I know coaches say that all the time. But what a young guy! Like work with the young guy a little bit. You might have something there. I'm not saying he's like. How long have we talked about taking a guy, developing him, and maybe trading him? I'm not saying that's going to happen, but. I feel like we've talked at length about the Bears trying to put some investment into the quarterback position. Yeah. You finally might have one, a record setter from Division Two with with interesting backstory. His dads are like the best arm wrestler in the world. But the kid can obviously play football. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I don't I don't you know. Obviously, no one's coming here for Justin Fields' job or anything. Like, don't get it wrong. No, we're not. But, but I've, you and I have both been screaming on this podcast for years now. To it's always a good idea to keep a de- develop, young developmental quarterback somewhere on your roster. And for the most part, the Bears have refused to do that. So, I like it. I like it a lot. All right, let's talk about these practices coming up this week. Um, Wednesday but, and Thursday night against the Colts. I like that they're under the lights. It's a little different. You know, they used to have at least one practice down in Bourbonnais under the lights. In that stadium. In the stadium. And I always liked those nights. Now, they were longer nights. We didn't get to, you know, spend as much time as at TJ Donlin's those nights because we had to, you know, work and write and everything once the practice was over. But for a couple nights of camp, I think it's a good change of pace. Should be a little bit cooler. Um, so this will be interesting. Who do you think has the most to gain in these padded joint practices against another opponent? So you get gonna, different looks. I'm going to give you two rookies who one, I think, has the starting spot, can completely secure it, and one who seems to be on the verge of Pushing some veterans. Tyreek Stevenson at cornerback and Roshan Johnson at running back. We saw Roshan Johnson play with the ones yesterday inside Walter Payton Center. 
And we know Stevenson just had a great game playing a lot against the Titans. So if you're the Bears and you want to see them compete against different players and, and do what they did against the Titans and in the in, in camp, another great opportunity for these two rookies to secure one a starting role and one to move up the depth chart. So Roshan yesterday practicing with the ones. I need to see it again later in the week. Tristan Ebner was not a practice, and Ebner has gotten some run, run here periodically with the ones, kind of to, to the surprise of both of us, I think. But they've been giving all the running backs an opportunity. So I think that had something to do with it. Perhaps coming off the game, they're just limiting some reps for Khalil Herbert and Deontay Foreman. I don't know. But you have so many running backs. Right. So and but, Roshan but, Johnson had one of the best runs that the Bears had. Against the Titans. Well, and I do like when coaches reward players that played well. And I think it's, that's one of the things we try to follow in camp, especially in, when there's competitions, is how does the depth chart possibly change after one of these games? You know, Hold on. I want to read something. Keep talking. I want to read something from, from Flus on him. Okay. Well, what I was going to say is if Roshan goes down to Indy, though, and continues to get reps with the ones and continues to practice well, that's where I agree with you. Most to gain, that would be a huge opportunity for him. And he could certainly help himself a lot if he keeps that up. We saw him get some reps against the ones in camp. Now, there was a portion of camp, but at least it's one of those three-day stretches where well, he was out for a bit, so you saw a lot more of Ebner. You saw a lot more of, of, of Homer. But then once he was back, he was rotating in there left and right. But like those guys, it's hard to keep track of sometimes because they make so many rotations. You know, Herbert's getting the most, but the rest of them are coming in and out. And to hear this from Flus, because Flus was asked about this. Roshan, Roshan Smith working out with the ones yesterday. Roshan Johnson? Roshan Johnson, yes. Roshan Smith. Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith is back, everybody. No. <laughs> Here it is. What do they like about Roshan Johnson? Almost did it again. Just the running style. He's a downhill guy that we're excited about. He's got good vision. And since he's gotten in there, we really love the style. We're just going to keep letting that thing compete out where it belongs. And we'll see where it goes. We really, I'm repeating this part. We really love the running style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that could withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, 
maybe with a Hogan Johns pull or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to Roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Yeah. I don't think he's ever said that about another running back on this team other than David Montgomery. Who's no longer on the team. Yes. Yeah, I guess that's just where I get. I I just they say they like a lot of guy, a lot of things about guys who end up playing elsewhere. So I and obviously Roshan Johnson's not going. Anywhere, He's not going anywhere. But I just you know okay, but it was a good start. It was a really good start for Stevens. Sorry, go ahead. I, I've been just conflicted on this guy because I from day one I've said I like him a lot. I just worry sometimes we're overrating it. Fourth round running well, again, back. But it is a position where guys do this all the time. The Bears did that to themselves. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. I put him down as we have our training camp awards that came out, and one of them was the most impressive offensive player not named DJ Moore. I put Roshan Johnson. I like his running style too. I think it fits what the Bears want to be. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously. Physical, downhill, all positive yards. But the Bears built this guy up. So I held him to a high standard. And then just to see that run he had against the Titans, I got it. It's it's rookie going up against guys who may not be in the team, but to see him explode like that, break a few tackles, get to the outside, I was impressed. All right, I got a player that's got a lot to gain this week. Okay. I think he needs to gain it. Someone in the eyes of the fan base at this point. It's someone we talked to yesterday. And I don't think he has much to lose because he just signed a huge-ass contract here and he's not going anywhere. He's going to be starting at right guard. But that's Nate Davis. So he didn't want to answer any questions yesterday, really at all. That's fine. Uh, Didn't want to say why he was really out. Said he's back, but then when he was asked if you're going to keep practicing in pads, he said that's up to the coaches and trainers. It was a really odd press conference, to be honest with you. That's fine. Not a big deal. But I was listening to Ryan Poles' pregame hit that he does on the radio network with Joniak every week before games. And at one point he did say, like, he's got to kind of stop himself sometimes from being, like, getting too frustrated when guys just aren't practicing. And I would imagine that somebody that you gave a $30 million contract to that's practiced a handful of times since he signed in March is someone you'd be a little bit frustrated with that's not practicing. Quite literally a handful. Yes. he's li- He has literally not been in a padded practice as an offensive lineman. So, one, is he out there practicing in pads? Two, if he is, does he participate in team drills? And then three, if he does that, how does he look? And again, I'm not sure he has much to lose because if he doesn't practice at all this week and he's still on track for week one, he's still going to be the starting right guard. 
But if he comes out and has a good week and answers some of these questions, I think he has a lot to gain because he's getting a long leash here, I think, even from some of the fans. But they do want to see that he's practicing and actually physically see this new right guard that they gave up, again, a big contract to. So you're saying he's got an opportunity to build build up some faith from the fan base or build yes. up the fan base's faith. Yeah. And I would agree with that. So I think it's not necessarily a big week for Nate Davis, but it's a good opportunity for him. I did watch that that press conference with them. You know, it's tough because like the Kyle Shanahan will reveal injuries at this point. Matt Abrams won't. My general rule is if he's out there, it's not serious. Like if you could see the guy, it may be longer than you want, but it's not serious. Um, I, I don't know. Did you get a sense that there seem, seems to be uh, some conflict between the Bears staff and him about what he can do or what he can won't do and stuff like that? Uh, look, this reminds me a little bit of Tevin Jenkins last year. There's more to the story. It, it it's remember how Tevin was in limbo during training camp and there was trade rumors and 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 the thing we kept saying on this show was if the team wanted to put all that to bed they could. This is definitely different than like even Tremaine Edmonds, one of your biggest players on defense, being out now for a couple of weeks. But you heard yesterday, oh, he's in all the meetings, he's in all the walkthroughs. There's no concern there. We see him out there. If if Matt Eberflus wanted to come out and give some type of answer like that on Nate Davis to kind of calm everyone down, he could do that. All we've gotten is non-answers. That's where it reminds me of Tevin last year. The team never did anything to help Tevin out. There were clearly some type of messaging going on there, and they were testing him. And it may have worked, by the way. Because he had a pretty decent season when he was out there. But that's a young kid. game against the Titans. Yeah, but that was a young kid in his second season. We're talking about a veteran who just signed a $30 million contract. And who didn't show up to OTAs, by the way. Correct. He did deal with various injuries last year. Like his whole legs. His, 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 His knee, his ankle, his foot, you know... He only played in 12 games. Um, just banged up. Oh, I got a big John Sneeze coming here. Hold on. Oh, boy. Been here a while. What's it going off? Mm. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so take that and think about that for a little bit. There it is. Whew. Well, you're just chugging that coffee, too, the whole show. Oh, man. Need it. Okay. Need it in the morning. Thank you. Lord Crimson. He said, bless you. <laughs> I like the bless you in the comments. Here, Hogan Johns, we don't hit the uh, cough button. <laughs> we might need a bless you drop. Bless because you. you sneeze so much on the show and have been now for nine years. I have been sneezing a lot. Yeah. It's sensitive to dust. Okay. That's fine. Uh, um, uh, now I'm off track. Now I anyway. Nate Can Davis. I give you a couple players with something to lose? Yes, let's do it. Rasheem Green, defensive end who has been working with the starters really since we've seen the Bears in in training camp. I think 
Terrell Lewis and Travis Gibson might have something to say about that by the end of the week. I'm not saying they're going to push for starting reps because, you know, obviously things have changed at the defensive end position. The Bears' two starters haven't even played yet together. But in terms of that third and fourth spot, like I think Dominique Robinson has that third spot, that fourth defensive end spot. I wonder if Rasheem Green can lose it to Terrell Lewis and Travis Gibson. I mean, do you see them keeping five defensive ends? Maybe they do. Well, look, Travis Gibson was on my list of guys that had the most to lose last week, and he showed up. He had a really good game, and Terrell Lewis had a good game. Um, But I'll say this, Rasheem Green had a great practice yesterday. So, you know, maybe his hair was he's on fire. He's been better since Ngakwe was signed. Like, every yeah. practice, he had, he's had a bit more. Like, a message was sent by this new big free agent edition that cost $10 million bucks. Yeah. Well, and, like, we keep, at least I do a little bit, keep forgetting about Demarcus Walker because he just hasn't practiced now in so long. But you gave him big money, and he's going to be in there. So... Um, I, I mean, look, he had a really good practice yesterday, Rasheem Green. Like at one point, I think he blew up like four out of five plays. He had one rep, Johns, where he beat Cole Komet to the inside so fast that, and I mean this, he accidentally ran over the running back because they were in pads or they were, I'm sorry, they were not in pads and like they're indoors and you're not supposed to certainly tackle anybody when you're not wearing pads, but like he couldn't help himself. He won so quickly to the inside that the running back was just right there and he ran him over. The momentum. Yeah. So I, I like that one. Um, I'm going to go with Valus Jones though again. Like how long is this leash? You just don't want to see him back at punt returner. Are you okay with him a kick returner? Are you yes. just done with the punt returner well, experiment? I, I thought it was interesting they didn't even give him a kick return last week. Like I think they feel completely comfortable with him a kick returner. But he I think you got to give him more reps here and then make a quick decision where if he has even a bobble I think you just got to say he's not a punt returner. And he, and he, cause, cause you can't go into week one with that being a possibility of him muffing a punt in a regular season game against the Packers and blowing the game. We saw that happen multiple times last year where it cost the Bears wins. Like that just cannot be an option if it keeps happening. So for that to happen the other day, then you have to make the tough decision. Well, does he give you enough on offense to keep him around? Because well, that wide gonna, receiver room's crowded. If he's going to be your fifth or sixth receiver anyway, he's got to play in special teams. Yeah. Well, we, he is we a saw, good gunner. Yes. We saw him in the kickoff unit. And, and again, that speed, fast players, their speed can show up in different ways. Mm-hmm. Tyler Scott's been used as a gunner. I'm not sure that's going to last, but you know what I'm saying. I don't think they give it to him, actually. You you think they're just, they maybe they made that? That decision, they should be done. We'll see yeah. if he's the first one out there. I still saw him take some reps yesterday, though. So, I mean, but I guess you still let the guy have reps in practice to practice it. Well, if he does get more opportunity, and I'd say even elsewhere, like whatever it is, he's he's got to still show. And so, if he's going to still be the kick returner, 
then you better be damn good at it. And he was. He was pretty good at it last year. So, you know, take 140 yards or something at least. Get a good return. And then if he's involved in the offense, you got to keep showing that. Got to take advantage of those opportunities. So I think he has the most to lose. All right, anything else? No, no. I, I mean, I would add, like, just in terms of competitions, one I'm going to watch pretty closely is, like, I thought Jack Sanborn had a pretty rough game against the Titans. He missed a couple tackles. Now he's getting himself close to the right spot, but I don't know if he's back to being 100%. But I think they have something. I think the Bears know something. I, I think Jack Sanborn feels something in, in Noah Sewell. Like, there, mm-hmm. there's a good young rookie there who may have been underdrafted because of what happened in his last collegiate season. And it seems to me, well, the Bears just claiming the little linebacker that they're trying to figure things out behind Tremaine Edmonds just in terms of that whole whole competition there, who, who fills in on the strong side. And I want to see if Noah Sewell can push Jack Sanborn a bit. Your guy. A, yeah. Our guy. A- that's an interesting one. Um, there were a couple of plays, yeah, where Sanborn was a little out of position, but he did have that nice stop uh, near the goal line as well. But that's been an interesting... Noah Sewell's definitely been somebody that's turned some heads at camp. He just looks confident. He just doesn't really look like a rookie out there. What stood out to me was Malik Willis's scramble. Like, he stopped him for a sack, like a, mm-hmm. a one-yard sack. And just the, the way he got in position... Well, quickly, had the instincts to get there and to make the play without getting beat in the open field, which we see a lot happen to linebackers, especially when you got a mobile quarterback like that. Like that was impressive to me against the Titans. Um, I haven't gone, we're not close enough to these practices yet, where I haven't done a full injury audit on the uh, Colts and who's who might be sitting out practices and who might might not be. But so I apologize if I. You know, I'm missing something here with a couple of these guys. But um, how about Quentin Nelson facing these young defensive tackles if those come up in some matchups this week? I always like one-on-ones on the offensive line, defensive line in these joint practices. They're fun to watch. Well, just speaking of, like, scrambling quarterbacks, I want to see what Anthony Richardson against these guys. Yeah. Right? Isn't yeah. that one highlight being shared incessantly on Twitter right now is him running over somebody? Mm-hmm. Do you know who his backup is? Two? Well, I guess they haven't named a starter, but I think everybody's assuming Anthony Richardson starts. Wait, should I should I know this? Um, not necessarily. I mean, you definitely should by Wednesday, but <laughs> Gardner Minshew. I was gonna say I thought it was him. Yeah. Yeah. Gardner Minshew. Um, who's fun to watch and a pretty decent backup. So I th- yeah, and then Sam Ellinger is still there too. Six round pick in uh, 2021, still around. So yeah, it'll be a it'll be a fun week. We'll be down there. We'll have you covered. Might have some surprises along the way too, and we'll pump out uh, a pod while we're down in Indy as well. Well, probably I'm thinking after both practices are over, so we can kind of recap them both. But um, it should be a fun week. We're excited about it. If uh, any Bears fans are down there. Um, would love to see the Hogan Johns gear. Say hello. Don't be afraid. I'm not sure what the exact setup is going to be, but uh, yeah, don't be afraid to stop and say hello um, if you see us. And um, those Hogan Johns polos are available now. Obviousshirts.com. Check them out. I'm hoping I'll actually have mine to wear 
Yeah, I put my order in while I'm down there. So, uh, yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see them there. They look really good. Obvious Shirts did a great job with those. Um, the hats are coming soon. I, I, I promise you, they are. Um, it might even be today, for all I know. But I think sometime this week, we're going to have the hats back, too. So um, be ready for those. There's a couple new shirts up as well, obviousshirts.com. You can find our collection, and um, you can also find it on, I know, my Twitter account. I think John's retweeted it as well. So check us out, at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read Johnsy in The Athletic. You can find me, allchgo.com, and daily on CHGO YouTube channel. Uh, if you're here for the first time, we appreciate you. Hit subscribe. Hit that like button. Everybody watching, hit that like button. Help us grow the show here. And for those listening uh, as a podcast, please rate and review. Send it off to a friend. We thank you very much. It's going to be a fun week down in Indianapolis. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you from down there. See ya. One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie, or Hogg, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name.